Welcome to Crack the Customer Code, where your hosts, Jeannie and Adam, unlock the secrets to keeping your customers happy and coming back for more. This episode is brought to you by Forethought. With customer expectations higher than ever, that clunky chatbot isn't cutting it anymore. Forethought goes beyond traditional chatbots by infusing human-centered AI that understands your customer sentiment and intent. Now you can empower customers to self-serve, automatically route tickets to the right agent, and enable agents to resolve cases faster, all on one AI-powered platform. It's time to think outside the bot. Learn more about human-centered AI and how you can get a $100 gift card by visiting forethought.ai slash ctcc. Well, Jeannie, it is episode 497, boom. It sure is. And what we've done, dear audience, uh, our wonderful listeners, is we've really planned sort of a last home stretch here. We've been very strategic (laughs) about uh, what we're going to talk about. Uh, So in this episode, we wanted to take a look back really at a little bit of our history in CX, the history of CX, where we've gone, where we've been. And then uh, we've got an incredibly special guest in our uh, final guest episode. That is Jay Bear. We'll go ahead and reveal it now. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Then in 499, we want to talk about the future of CX. And we all heard the predictions and all that. So we want to dig a little bit into where we really think we're going to be. Maybe we'll come back for, uh, you know, uh, in a few years and do a special episode or something <laughs> on some social channel. Uh, but we really want to look at where we're going and so that we can plan for it. And then, of course, we're going to wrap up with episode 500, our final episode, and, of course, our final Bourbon Summit. Yahoo! Here we go. So we thought it might be fun to look back today, to look back on where CX has been, our journey with CX, and some of the things that have changed over the years. Exactly. So, Jeannie, why don't you tell me a little bit about your CX awakening? You know, I have my own. I, I have my own story. I come from mm-hmm. a traditional business um, background, a traditional business education. Uh, so, yeah, and there was a point at which I was awoken. But what is your? I know you have an awakening story. Uh, tell us a little bit about it. Yeah, you know, I think that it was it was a long time ago. <laughs> it was the end of the 90s. And essentially, I was on a team that was part of the group that was working with one of the largest insurers in the world. And they were put in a position to have online insurance quoting and purchasing for the first time directly to customers. And that doesn't sound revolutionary today. But at the time, it was very revolutionary. There was always somebody between the customer and the brand. There was a broker or an agent who was actually filling in the paperwork, who was actually completing what needed to be completed. So this was the first time they were putting something right in front of the customer. And I looked around the room at one of our big meetings and there was compliance and there was legal and there was marketing and sales and product. And I realized that really nobody there was there for the customer. And from that point on, you know, we really took that on as kind of our place in that room. And it was amazing because it it forced us to think differently. It forced us to ask harder questions about why. Why is this here? Can we make this easier? Is there technology that would help us? Um, And in insurance, you know, everything's state by state. And so originally they were literally including every question that could be included because they were 
saying, well, we don't know if you're not in California. And it's like, yeah, you do. You do now. (laughs) (laughs) So even things like that, it was just this moment of, oh, wow, this is a whole thing. And from that point on, we really started focusing on customer experience. And then in 2009, I spun off and started my business. So it's been it's been a journey for sure. And how about you with your traditional business education? Yeah, you know, I got a BBA, got an MBA, grew up in, um, you know, in and around small business, third generation entrepreneur, but I grew up in an era in which, you know, I was very fortunate. I grew up in a family business that was customer centric, um, but was still customer centric in the old sense, right? Uh, you know, things like empowerment. And that, that was my awakening was empowerment, which I'll get to in a second. But things like that were different because we had controls. You know, we were very focused on those types of sort of business things. And we were customer centric, but not in the way we are today. And when I had my own retail business, you know, I just remember this dawning realization after I had this problem uh, that went from two different front desk people to the manager to me, this whole layer of mess, literally, there's no other word for it. It was just a mess. The customer was upset. We were a new business. And it was because I had all these rules about refunding the customer. Mm-hmm. And then I just sort of woke up one day. It's like everything I learned in business school about this particular topic is wrong <laughs> because I wasted two employees' time, not to mention their stress, their lack of happiness on the job for having to deal with a customer that you know, was not happy, mm-hmm. my manager's time, and then my personal time. And the customer was upset anyways, and it was over $49. Oh, boy. Right. And I just woke up. And you know, one of the big things I talk about, we talked about it in episode 495, is empowerment. Uh, and that was really, I think, my big awakening to customer experience, just without any real you know, mm-hmm. without diving into the topic. And, you know, at this point, this is late 2000s, right? Customer experience mm-hmm. was still really in its infancy, mm-hmm. right? Um, you know, some, some of the early people were really just starting to do it. And then I got into it. And um, now we are here together. Yep. And, it, you know, it's interesting when you think about business school, right? I mean, I learned the, the four Ps, right? Uh, product price promotion in place. Right, right. Al Reese. Yeah, the, I mean, I I think the big shift that really impacted customer experience as an industry, as an idea, was this dawn of when all of a sudden customers had more power. You know, the internet do, did a lot of things. Yeah. <laughs> um, and Don't we can, go there, Jeannie. We can debate uh, <laughs> if they're good or bad. But one of the things it did, and ju- just like the example I, I talked about, was it removed a lot of those barriers from customers and brands. And so instead of sitting in literal ivory towers <laughs> like, and not really interacting with customers, people were forced to deal with people saying directly to them, this is not working for me. I'm going to go to the competition because they made it easier. And there was all this momentum around that. And I think that one of the things that's so interesting is that we can talk about all of the advances in technology and everything else, but if you don't have the idea of, okay, who do we have to be for our customers no matter what? What are the promises that we've made? And how can we empower the employees and the tools and processes and, and technology to actually deliver on that? If you don't have all of that clear, then all the technology in the world can't help you. 
And so all of this kind of goes together. And I think it's just so interesting to see how far we've come as kind of an industry, a discipline, a community of people who are dedicated to this, not just in in words, but in how we behave and how we lead all of those things. No, 100%. And I think, you know, to your point, the technology opened up a lot of things. So the technology made the customers, um, you know, gave them more liberty, mm-hmm. gave them more options, gave them more knowledge and more power. Yep. Um, but it also gave us the ability, one of the you know sea changes in customer experience is our ability to use this technology to serve the customers. Uh, The advent of big data, the advent of processing Mm -hmm. speeds, right? The advent of, you know, it used to be uh, phone surveys. Yeah. Were you you happy with your, uh, (laughs) Miss Walters, were you happy with your flight? (laughs) Yeah. Okay. We're doing well, right? Right. Now now it's, um, your app is measuring exactly when you click, what buttons you click, Mm -hmm. right? What preferences we're memorizing. You got cookies on your computer following you around. Yep. all these kinds of things, not all that is good, but all of it is a form of power and a form of how mm-hmm. the technology worked on both sides. As the customer's expectations grew, the technology yeah. gave us the ability to uh, match that if we so choose. That is the big uh, <laughs> caveat there. Yeah. Well, no, I think it's a great point. And I think the other part of that is, to your point, like the phone surveys or the the survey, the people with the clipboards, right? Like chasing you down the Oh yeah, the mall, right. Yeah, or the mall (laughs) saying like, please give me your time. Uh, And now we have, we kind of get inundated with those requests as customers, but now the technology is advancing to the point where now customers are going to be able to say, you know what? I have something on my mind right now that I wanna tell you while I'm on your website. Oh, look over here, here's a tab that says feedback. I'm gonna do that right now. And you get that real-time information in ways that are really powerful. Um, same thing with all the amazing advances with AI and machine learning, and even like recognizing when somebody calls in, being able to have technology that says, oh, I can tell by the pace of speech and by the, you know, the tone of voice that we have somebody who is already frustrated. So we're going to handle that by sending them to somebody who really knows how to take these cases. So like matching the human side of this, that's so important with technology. It's just, it, it, it's endlessly fascinating to me how innovative people are and how now we've got voice technology and all these things that are really going to respond to people in, in ways that will connect humanity in bigger ways. And that's really what we're trying to do. Next so. humanity. Well, you, you took the leap there. You, you, you know, <laughs> we're talking about the history of customer experience. And for the record, for those of you who might be a little, just slightly younger than us, because it'd be hard to be very much younger than us. Right, Jeannie? Uh, you know, what Jeannie just described back in our day was basically a Twilight Zone episode, not reality. <laughs> <laughs> right? I mean, uh, and it's it's fascinating to think about because, you know, we're, we've sort of uh, jumped over the biggest change of all which is uh, there was a time, dear listeners, where we didn't talk about customer experience. It was customer service or it was sales yep. or it was marketing. There was mm-hmm. no experience. There That's was no- a great point. I mean, that was the biggest change is the yeah. actual idea of a unified experience, mm-hmm. right? A, a Something that is broader than your interaction uh, mm-hmm. with the department, uh, that is broader than- uh, re- issue resolution that incorporates every point in Mm -hmm. the journey and you know when we came up that really that idea truly did not exist 
there are still people we meet today who say, I just heard about customer experience, right? Like it's a new idea. The, I, I think that the, the thing that I find really fascinating about that is that we, there are still organizations like this, but many organizations, going back to your point about the four Ps, will, we're proud to say they were product-driven, right? They were product-centered, all of those things. But what's happened is now the definition of what's it like to be a customer using that product has changed. It's not just about using the vacuum cleaner. It's about how do you receive it? What's the unboxing like, right? Like all of these terms that we didn't even have back in the day. Um, what is it like when you have, when something goes wrong and you have a repair? And so all of those things kind of add up to this bigger idea. And so now we're doing research about customer emotions. We're doing research about what creates loyalty, what actually prompts that? It's not about, okay, can we make a faster widget or a better widget? It's about how does this experience drive things? And I think the last 20 years, really, every big disruptor has been experience-based. And that's because they were able to start from this place of origin where they're already thinking about the customer. They're already thinking about what would happen if we made this easier, faster, uh, more delightful for the customer. And instead of thinking, how can we create a better taxi cab? They thought, how can we create a better experience to get people from A to B? And I think that's what is most exciting when you look back on what's happened in the last recent history, is that the companies that are starting today, they're starting based on this idea of let's put the customer first and let's create an experience, not just let's create a better widget. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of tech startups have that mentality. To your point, right? They mm -hmm. they start with that. In fact, almost to uh, slightly. Uh, uh, sometimes it's an error. They have it so much that uh, you know they're they're not managing the bottom line and right. focus on revenue generation. But still, they do come to that because you know what we find. I mean, why does Apple? Uh, we can debate Apple's customer experience, but it's high, right? It's it's mm -hmm. a very good experience. And why are they focused on it? They have a lot of sort of me mechanistic advantages, mm -hmm. but the fact is they're in technology, and in technology, the only thing the only thing you're ever the only advantage you're ever going to sustain will be experiential. Mm -hmm. Somebody mm -hmm. always matches your mousetrap. Somebody, all, and they continue to innovate, but you know, if you if you watch the Apple blogs, uh, maybe they don't innovate every cycle, right? Uh, right. Maybe the innovations are iterations, uh, and so they've been focused on experience, you know, mm -hmm. from an integrated idea of experience uh, through product and actual the you know user experience in the stores and on the website and all that in the ecosystem, mm -hmm. uh, and you know, I think that's where you end up. I think. You know, we, we've talked about this in other episodes. When you think about industries, there are a few legacy industries really in like manufacturing and all where, okay, you can get away with a pretty bad experience because you are a monopoly, right? You own <laughs> the supply chain or whatever it may be. Those industries that, that are so few and far between now where you can get away with a bad experience that yep. it, it, it's incredible. I, I, would, I would argue against that, actually. I think that what I'm seeing in... B2B is that these, you know, companies that have been around for 100, 100 plus years now, who are known for kind of owning certain parts, their customers are still saying to them, hey, how come I can't see the delivery truck on my app? 
I want to know exactly where that truck is. I want visibility into the supply chain. I want to know. And so they're, they're basically taking all their B2C expectations as customers, and they're bringing them to these legacy manufacturing and everything else. So I think that we're seeing a lot of creativity there, but it's a lot of playing catch up. It's a lot of saying, you know, and back to our earlier point, these are the places that don't necessarily have the the systems that all connect in the way that we want right. them to connect. Exactly. So lots of silos, things like that. But I think that the demand is there. Um, well, yeah, for, the demand's there. And, and uh, to clarify, I did not say B2B. I said certain legacy industries in which uh, there is not much competition, in yes. which they still own. You know, if you are a monopoly, uh, they can ask mm -hmm. for the app all they want. They're not right. going to get the app because uh, right. they're the only game in town, or yeah. or the the other game is on the other side of the world and the shipping costs. Uh, th there are still some of those. In fact, mm -hmm. I uh, my one of my worst gigs was uh, working for. It was I was part of a group and. Uh, I'm there the night before, and the CEO gives a speech about how nobody really cares about customer experience before I do my presentation the next day for Those hours. Those are the best. Uh, Those like, are the best. All, all they care about is getting a fair a fair price and uh, quality product. I was like, mm -hmm. okay, thank you, CEO. <laughs> Appreciate the setup. Uh, so they exist. But yeah, to your point of obviously in B2B, um, there are a lot of industries, and the majority of industries are being forced to wake up. Yep. Are being forced to, um, you know, sort of adapt, and unfortunately, are being forced to make those hard decisions we talk about all the time about uh, investing in customer experience, yeah. which is not friendly to the bottom line in the short term. Many times, well, yeah, I think that part of that is also understanding kind of where, going back to this conversation, where where they started and where they're going, and making sure that you know back when they had the shiny product and that was enough, then that was enough, but it's not today. And it's kind of facing those, those truths and doing things about it to stay competitive, to stay ahead, to innovate, all of those things. So, you know, I think, you know what that spells for us? Um, Job security, my friend. Okay, there, we I, 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 like, I, I, there was no lead up, Jeannie. I, like it could have been anything. Uh, it smells tomato. <laughs> I think that I mean, essentially, this this is what's so cool about what we do. We get to watch innovation. We get to watch progress. We get to work with leaders who are thinking outside of the the norm and really looking to how can we deliver more for our customers so that we get the business results that we want. And so there's a part of this that is inherently creative. You have to take risks. You have to understand um, you know, where you're trying to go, but also kind of understand where your company has been in order to bring it into that future space. And speaking of the future space, what are we going to talk about next time? Well, we are going to talk about the future. <laughs> no, so we've got some great ideas, you know, we, uh, and yeah, you know, we've always done, everybody's done future episodes. We've all been asked what's the future at the end of the year all the time, but we really, uh, we're going to make it actionable. We want to, we want to give you some tips that are going to really, our predictions, of course, but not just predictions, trend analysis and pattern analysis, and uh, hopefully some actually actionable ideas you can take away with you as we, uh, Say goodbye and uh, get our get the rocks nice and frozen for the bourbon. <laughs> and then in 10 years, we'll have a reunion episode and see how right we were. 
Right? <laughs> well, toast with Geritol, yes. <laughs> wow, that's a reference. That's, Whoa, I know. That's, that's a B-side <laughs> reference, my friends. <laughs> Look it up, millennials. I know, exactly. Uh, <laughs> well, you know, don't forget that another forward-thinking uh, group here is our sponsor, Forethought.ai. So don't forget to check out Forethought.ai slash CTCC to learn more about human-centered AI and how you can get a $100 gift card. So thank you all so much for being here, not just today, but throughout our journey. As we wrap up, we just are continued to be filled with gratitude for our incredible listeners like you. So thank you for being here. My name is Jeannie Walters. You can find me at experienceinvestigators.com. And I'm Adam Pork, and you can connect with me at customersthatstick.com. Until next time, take care of yourself. And take care of your customers. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.